Welcome to the Life on Time Become Inspired podcast with Dr. Alistair Bailey, Jeremy Bielas and John Ford. Hi and welcome to our third Life on Time Become Inspired podcast. Um, today we will be focusing on mindfulness. Uh, we've got our trio of people here, uh, myself, John Ford, uh, Alistair Bailey and Jeremy Bielas, or Jez Bielas, and actually, sorry, Dr. Bear. Sorry, I've gone wrong right from the beginning. Um, so yeah, just we'd have a bit of a recap uh, initially. We've actually got a special guest today, uh, a specialist in mindfulness for kids. Um, so yeah, we think she's going to come up with hopefully some tips for for any students or teachers or parents listening there that've got some kids maybe with some anxiety issues um, with the current situation. Um, but yeah, just to start off, really, guys, how are you? Shall I go first? I'll go first, Doctor, shall I? Yeah. Go on, I, I, I'm struggling a little bit today with hay fever. So if I'm sounding a little bit nasally, uh, then it's, it's the hay fever. And that's not what this podcast is about. It's not about hay fever. But I'm reaching out to any other hay fever sufferers. You feel my pain. Uh, it's been a tricky day. Homeschooling and distance learning as a teacher has been tricky with hay fever today. I've had a lot of, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, I think touching wood now, the sneezing fits have stopped. I'm, I'm actually doing okay. Um, I've just, yeah, I've just finished. Well, we've done a, just done a week of, of full on guided distance learning. So there's been a lot of online teaching in inverted commas going on in the last week and today. Uh, and yeah, there's, there's something that we can touch on moving forward. I think all the teachers out there, teachers that listen to this, it's t- it is tough. It's a very strange situation teaching uh, in front of a laptop all day. I think, again, that's something that, that we, could, we could talk about moving forward is, is sitting in front of a screen for most of your day is difficult, isn't it? Uh, and again, as a PE teacher, I encourage anyone listening to break, get out. <laughs> the weather's going to change, isn't it? We've had amazing weather. Get out get some fresh air, get exercising. It's so important. I think it's also quite stressful because when you're in front of a screen, you can't, it's not like a face-to-face where you can sort of drift out and drift drift out of the conversation with this. It's almost like you've you've got to be the 100% focused, haven't you? Otherwise well, it looks you like you're... One thing about, about kids, and I've taught kids for a number of years, and you've got to it's funny. So they, cameras, should the cameras be on? Should the cameras be off? Again, it's a debate that maybe we could start in another, another episode. But <laughs> my, my schools loosened the laws on the camera because having the camera on creates an engagement. Okay, so, so you obviously the listeners won't be able to see us, but we're looking at each other so that we're engaging with each other. Okay, now students are clever, well, some of them are. And a number of them will take their camera and their mic off. Now, how do you know they're doing anything? How do you know they're not just making a cup of tea? So I was teaching a class today and I was, I was trying to speak to a lad. Tom, I was like, Tom, 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 where are you? And he just disappeared. I went, came back and went, oh, what are you doing? He went, oh, no, nothing. I just couldn't find, I couldn't find the microphone. I went, you are talking rubbish. You just walked away. Mm-hmm. But, so that's the thing. But, but actually, it's interesting because some students are saying they actually prefer this method because they don't have the distractions of other students in the room or people messing around and they're actually they can it can actually some of them are saying it's improving their focus and they get more work done again individual differences and all that and i'm sure that's something that that dr bear can pick up on but yeah it's interesting i suppose they're, they're, they're not necessarily the ones that are performing are they you're the one that's performing and they're 
sort of receiving information. I think there's something about being on stage in that sort of setting that's quite a bit different. Yeah, I mean, as a teacher as well, you have a you think you have a captive audience in your, in the classroom, and especially as a PE teacher, there can be a lot of messing around. But if the mics and the cameras are off, you can just crack on and go go through the motions and well, not go through the motions, but like you said, Bear, you're almost on stage delivering a session and and hope that and hope that it's going in and hope they're enjoying it it's it's very odd i think i don't suppose you'll know you won't know well how no good it is until you get feedback a few yeah yeah a few weeks i think the thing as a teacher we've all been saying we've been saying so much is does that make sense does that make sense do you understand because you yeah, can't yeah, yeah. see them you don't get you can't gauge your actions i say one of my students today lower sixth went it makes sense just stop asking us i went so <laughs> 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 Yeah. But this is the stuff, though. You're missing out on so many nonverbal cues, though, isn't it? Like, you get so much information just from being around each other. Like, you know, we did the first podcast without watching each other. It's far harder to interact kind of once you're doing that rather than looking at yeah, each other and seeing what else is going on. It's that, rapport, that... isn't it? It's rapport building, I guess. We're all having to learn to build online rapports, aren't we? It's yeah. uh, it's yeah. really weird. I really I go back to, I think, what we said last last time. That's the thing that I'm really missing is just properly interacting and connecting with people face to face i'm looking forward to being whether it's in a pub or with a group of people together and just having a good old laugh with them um yeah, yeah. yeah. because the zoom the zoom stuff's great fun isn't it but it's just not quite the same yeah definitely i, I think it's um like we said last week i think it's really really important but it just doesn't doesn't feel the same does it you don't come away from it feeling the same so do you feel like you've had a positive week though jez do you feel like it's gone well yeah, do you know, do you know what? I've, yeah, I've written a blog, um, and then the main, the sort of crux of the of the blog. I hope it doesn't come across too smug. Is that I'm taking quite a lot of positives out of out of this. Professionally, we're lucky. My school's set up in a in a good way with with all the Google Classroom and everything we've got. So we were set up ready to go with this. But I think a lot of a lot of other schools have had to get set up, and I've had to and have to do that on the spot. Whereas we were already ready to go. Um, yeah, it's you know the weather has been great still, hasn't it? And and again. I think I actually think that as a family, we, we've got into a bit more of a groove now. Right? I think I found it harder at the start because we weren't used to spending so much time together. Whereas now, mm. the boys are in that routine, we're in that groove, and, and we're kind of getting more used to it. And again, I think it comes back to what we were saying before: the set, setting a goal, a schedule, whatever for the day. That daily schedule, ticking things off the list. For me, yeah. again, my, my real coping mechanism and thing that makes me happy is physical fitness and, and moving my body. And I've just done, probably done more of that in the last four to five weeks than, than I've done for many years. Um, yeah. that's kept, and that's kept me happy. And that's what keeps me happy. That, that actually brings us on to like what we're going to be talking about today is mindfulness because I, um, I've had probably a, quite a stressful pre last week, really. Um, obviously launching the podcast. Um, my other business that I'm involved in is currently got all the staff furloughed. Um, potentially going to be reopening that up um so i've i've felt a bit overwhelmed but obviously the goal, i've set lots of goals but i actually did i had to go for a run tonight and i was thinking because i'm doing the mindfulness uh, article at the moment is exercise a type of mindfulness because really all mindfulness is is focusing on the moment isn't it um yeah. so i and i felt so much better for that so yeah, it's going to, something that we're going to talk about. Like I say, we've got Christiane coming in, who's a mindfulness expert, who hopefully be able to give us some tips. But I just you say, think... You say she's coming in. Is it, she's, she's coming. 
Sorry, yes, not coming in. She's coming into our podcast. Ah, okay. Ah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, we're not breaking I, lockdown rules. Don't worry, yeah, don't worry. Social distance, mate. You need to get a door. Put down the phone, put down the you need, phone. You need to get a door opening and closing recording so we can have like yeah. a digital coming in. Yeah. You can do that. I've seen it. Yeah. You can work that out. So, yeah, so yeah, I think it's just, you know, I think mindfulness is quite a, I think we all do it, but we all do it in different ways. What do you think, Bear? I mean, how's, how's your week been? You've had a... I know you, I it's spoke to you Friday happy. and you said it was, you had a pretty stressful week last week. Yeah, I mean, the NHS and coronavirus itself, not, not the best place to be. Um, but doing, doing better than expected, I think, <clears throat> considering what we were expecting a few weeks back. Um, I think lots of staff are pretty stressed out and that's a, a big part of my job at the moment, supporting staff. So, I was going to um, say, is that say the same, is it? Because I remember you saying that. So your, <laughs> your main role now is supporting the doctors and nurses. Yeah. Yeah, doing a bit of clinical stuff with patients still, um, but most mostly looking after the staff or try, trying to support them wherever we can through lots of different ways. Bear, how much are you allowed um, to talk about that? That's obviously a really interesting job for you at the moment. Obviously stressful and busy. Yeah. Is that, can you talk much about any themes that are coming through from from the staff? Um, I mean, it's kind of the ones you'd expect, really. Just the sort of degree of uh, I think it's the same, much the same for the public. It's degrees of uncertainty. Um, and I think when you're a professional used to being kind of um, very used to s- sort of infection control procedures uh, with something that is sort of, you know, seemingly far more contagious um, and has sort of uh, spread exponentially sort of through the population, then I think it, it leaves people feeling far more worried. I think people always sort of... Um, jump onto the certainty so they know if they go through their sort of their their procedures and kind of what they're doing is everything's all right and in this i think that there's a a bit of a sense of well sometimes that's not necessarily the case and you don't necessarily know what's going to happen um which you know isn't the easiest place to be no um but remarkable resilience to be honest considering what people are going through it's sort of a privilege to be witness to it really. Yeah. I think there's definitely a hope that we come through this with that, with that sense of pride to be British. Uh, I'm not just British, but just, you know, globally as well. But yeah, yeah, I hope that positivity continues. I've seen a few things today and it was mainly in the States where it's starting to look like the potentially, and it could be media as well, that potentially there's starting to become backlashes in certain areas of the world where people are just fed up now. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I think like you said, Bear, that word resilience is such a key word, isn't it? Something that we can yeah. we do a whole series on resilience. Um, mm. Actually in school, something that's probably the buzzword or that been the most important word over the last few years in schools. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we can move on to, well, definitely that'll, be, that'll probably be a whole podcast, won't it? <laughs> so, mm. um, okay, so we're, we're all still, we're another week into lockdown. Um, how many, how many sort of- weeks can you remember? What is it now? 20, 20, 25, 26 days or something, isn't it? 26 no, days. Something like that. Isn't it? Is it? Over, I think it's five weeks. I I've, I've lost track to you. <laughs> That's what I thought. I've lost my, wife, my wife's been on, because she's pregnant, she's been sort of locked down earlier and we started working from home a bit earlier. So I kind of have lost lost track of where we are or even what day it is. Yeah. How, how, how is it um, being in lockdown with a, with a pregnant wife? Dr. Bear. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> <great> <laughs> and, and a two and a half year old that doesn't like being told anything. Yeah, brilliant that, sounds, that sounds like you might need some mindfulness. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you are you very mindful, Bear? Do you practice mindfulness? Yeah, I, I think I probably. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you talk about mindfulness and lots of people have an image of, um, I suppose, people doing this sort of really soothing meditations, uh, kind of yeah. stretched out on a yoga mat in groups <laughs> or kind of overlooking a beach or something like that. <laughs> um, you know, sort of hours on end. And I think the, the stuff that I'm, I'm naturally drawn to because my attention is really poor um, is like I, I try to fit it to my life, which I think is where it, works best for me so um brief brief kind of intentional uh exercises sort of i'd say five minutes at, at the most okay and um, what so what is that interspersed throughout the day so in terms of the, the stuff that i do it's normally doing a bit of breath work <clears throat> stuff that i focus on because i find it really helps um, with how I'm feeling and particularly if I notice that I'm becoming more and more stressed and particularly in the evening kind of unwinding after a really stressful day um, trying to get kind of you know my nervous system ticking into the soothing aspect um, I find it's just it's it fits me um, I do I do a bit around other exercises so stuff like I do or you probably broadly call it like mindfulness and movement so essentially when you're moving or exercising you can still be mindful. <clears throat> that's that's really interesting because that is a um, that's what I wanted to find out really because I think Jez, you're definitely into the movement stuff, aren't you? Yeah. So I think one of my actually one of my specific goals since we've been in lockdown is to do some form of whether you call it yoga or I actually quite like that term that Bears just used movement and mindfulness. It, yo, it's not really yoga what I'm doing. I'm trying to improve my mobility and flexibility, but the breath work I think is a really interesting realm. Um, I actually had a real epiphany when I was doing a session a couple of days ago. I really, really, for the first time probably ever uh, in this whole kind of physical journey of mine that I've been on, really concentrated on my breath, really deep breath in and out through the nose. And, and it, felt, it felt great. And it, was, it really was a moment. I, you know, the word meditation is not a word that I would normally use that I'd, or, or something that I'd buy into. Um, mm. but yeah, I'm definitely feeling that that movement and mindfulness type strategy, uh, every doing it every day without fail, whether I'm following along with something on YouTube or, or doing my own thing has really yeah. set me up well for the day. Whereas before I was much more of a go out and get running, get moving type guy, get it in the bank, yeah. but I'm actually doing it the other yeah. way around, but, but that's because of the change in dynamic and the change in time that we've got. And the fact I'm not constrained by going, driving to work, coming back. So I can kind of manipulate that how i want but yeah i found that really really beneficial um yeah. and something i'd like to do a bit more of and the other thing i was going to touch on with that john for me I, i'm in a unique situation where my school is a quaker school uh the quakers famously i mean the, the quakers probably most famous for being um, anti-violent and not and not fighting in the wars um and there's a film called Hacksaw Ridge, which is quite an interesting one. I don't know if you've seen that about a doctor, who, yeah, yeah. Quaker, who, who refuses to carry a gun in the war. Um, and, and one thing that the Quakers do, one thing that we do at school is on every Thursday, we have meeting for worship where we sit in silence, the whole school. So 600 plus people will sit in silence for 30 minutes. Now, if you've ever sat in silence for 30 minutes, that feels like, you know, a whole, that feels like 30 hours. Um, but you are allowed to stand up and share your thoughts with people. 
it's a very, very interesting dynamic. It creates a very intense atmosphere. <laughs> some people like to fall asleep. Some people really do use it for mindfulness. And, and the way my school, my school uses the word reflection, which is another interesting take on what mindfulness is, isn't it? It's a time to just think. Mindfulness is just a time to to think, a time for yourself, a time to think. So, yeah, it's... Um, is it though? Is it, is it a time for reflection there? Because I would... Well, I suppose it's a bit different. So my my sort of understanding of it, and yeah, I can't can't profess the bit. Like I'm not a qualified mindfulness teacher, but um, it's kind of intentionally paying attention to the present moment without judgment. So um, I suppose when you're talking about what you're doing in terms of movement, mobility, exercise and stuff like that, if there's an intention there to focus on being in the now that kind of adds a mindful aspect to it. If it's a, I'm going to bang out kind of 10K and I'm just going to run and whatever's popping into my head is popping into my head, I, w- I wouldn't think of that as being mindful because you're not necessarily paying particular attention to what's going on right now. And whether that's, you know, what's going on in your body, what you're seeing around you, you your surroundings, that sort of thing. So I suppose... The 30 minutes, like, it could be mindful. It, it could be reflective, but I guess that's more about um, engaging your brain and kind of not necessarily yeah. thinking about the present moment. Yeah, <clears throat> I, think, I think that's, that, that's it in a, in a nutshell. Uh, Jez, do you find in your school, like in your current class that you've got and maybe in other schools that you've worked do you think that mindfulness, this type of thing, should be pushed onto kids more? You know, they should be taught it. They should be. No, they should know how to do it. Yeah, I do. Um, very, very difficult to to enforce that. But no, I do. I've, I've actually I worked for an inspirational head at my previous school, and he was very, very keen on mindfulness and meditation and well being. Um, so much so that yeah, he he really actively pushed it into anywhere he could really. Um, I think the faster pace life has got, um, I think it's become more important to have moments to slow down. And whether you do that by reflecting, meditate, yoga, whatever you do. But no, I do think it's important. How you do that, I'm not quite sure. Um, But as a tutor, one thing I've tried to do over the last year is in my tutor sessions where we have a bit of flex. So obviously they're we'll be delivering lots of different things, PSHE based things. We'll always have mindfulness at maybe at the start of those sessions. So that might be yoga based or it might just be time to relax or lie there or think or whatever it is. So yeah, I think it's very important. It's a difficult, just hearing Bear talk about it and you, John, it's probably is a skill. It probably is a skill, isn't it? Um, yeah, definitely. definitely. And I think, I think, so. I, think the more... I, don't, I don't think it's something you can expect to walk into and be great at. Um, and I remember starting off, I used to work at um, a place called the Institute of Psychiatry, which is a huge sort of research institution down at King's College in London, um, and was involved in a, you know, one of my first forays into mindfulness sort of some, God, it must be like 14, 15 years ago. And I was a participant in a research study, just sort of trying to help out some friends. Um, and they kind of set a timer for a minute. And during that minute, they'd ring a bell. And on each occasion, they have to, you were supposed to focus just on your breathing. Um, and that was the kind of task. And on each sort of bell ring, they asked you what you were focusing on. And on each occasion, every single one, I was focusing on something else. And I thought, well, I'm just so rubbish at doing this. What's the point in even trying? 
so completely yeah. like a you know the the idea of having like a quiet brain like nothing going through it I've got a really busy active brain I just thought I'm never going to be able to do this and I think the more experience I got and the more I spoke to kind of more experienced clinicians the more I kind of uh, understood the like the you know mentioned like lack of judgment yeah I just think whilst I might be focusing on my breathing if I'm doing a particular exercise my brain's going to wander off because it's supposed to because it's not supposed to be an idle creature like we're supposed to be thinking about lots of different stuff that's how it works we can't just switch into neutral really easily the 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 better I've got at it and the easier it's got is when I notice quicker and I'm less kind of uh, shaming or kind of give myself a hard time for it so if I kind of doing it and I think oh god I'm hungry actually or oh what's that noise outside or oh you know, I'm, I'm a bit bored at the moment. It's kind of, it's okay to think like that. And as yeah. soon as I notice, I'll draw my attention back to what I'm supposed to be doing. If, you, if that that's happens really, a few times, yeah. a hundred times, it's it really, doesn't really matter. It can be frustrating, but that doesn't stop it from being... Yeah, because I, um, I tried to get um, my kids, I want to try and get my kids, my kids are nine and 11, and they're just, they're not interested because I think we've tried it a couple of times at this moment in time because they find it hard work the first time. Yeah. And I think this is the thing, I'm, and we'll hopefully speak to when Christiane might have some answers for us, but how to get younger kids, because it's not easy to do straight away, no. and especially for a kid to sit still. Tell them to sit still, focus your breathing. Well, yeah. that's boring, isn't it? And also the key, the key um, this is the why. You know, a kid is going to say, well, why? Why do I have to sit still? You know, what would you say, either of you two, you've got a lot of um, experience and, you know, a lot, probably a lot more about this than I do. If you're, as a teacher, if we're saying, to, to either our own kids or kids at school, we're going to be practicing mindfulness, and they say, "Why? What? What? What the? What are the? What are the reasons? What are the three main reasons? Why would you say?" So, I suppose the, the idea, like, I think it gets lumped in a lot with like, um, like feeling relaxed. Quite often, it's the idea that you're supposed to feel relaxed when you're doing mindfulness. And I think that might be one of the outcomes, but it might not necessarily be an outcome. So, in terms of the why. I suppose in the stuff that I do, sort of therapy-wise, a lot of distress that we kind of talk to like clients about um, is either when they're ruminating about the past or they're sort of projecting into the future, kind of uh, their particular anxiety, sort of the what ifs, what's going to happen if. Um, and the more and more we see, the more kind of distress comes from that sort of that particular thinking style of either living in the past or the future. And if we're encouraging people to pay more attention to the present, that's not expecting people not to pay any attention to the future or the past. Um, but the the less distressed they might become. So it's yeah. thinking about kind and of And that's key, the, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, the, le- the less the helpful that, that is aspects that, yeah. of rumination or um, yeah. kind of thinking into the future too much. Yeah, there's a recent study in China uh, that they've actually done on mindfulness and they've proven that it's well, during actual lockdown and they've proven that it's actually reduced anxiety and helped sleep so i think when you're in lockdown i don't know about you but it's all about staying playing each day as it comes mm. you know and i think the whole mantra of mindfulness of focusing on the moment is key um and is the most important thing so yeah yeah i mean probably um i don't know jess if you anything else to add to that but i think we've got christian coming um calling in in a bit so i think it might be a good time to hand over to her and hear her some of her thoughts what do you think let's do it sounds good and welcome 
welcome uh, Christiane Kerr from Calm Kids. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. Um, we're hoping you can help us out. We've been sort of discussing mindfulness um, and the benefits of it and sort of just trying to work out what is the best, the best way for us parents and teachers to try and get our students and kids sort of into it really um first off maybe it'd be good just to introduce yourself um what you do and where, where, what company you run okay great no I'm, I'm hi john really nice to to be here today i'm always happy to talk about mindfulness i'm um i've been running a, my company calm for kids for over 20 years now and that started um in 1998 um, when I was working in a in a school with with very young children, and it surprised me how much they enjoyed that kind of taking a bit of time out. Just in in I mean, I think young kids are very mindful anyway. Um, so it grew from there, and I've done a lot of work with all ages of children, um, from and adults. I'm an adult um, meditation teacher. I teach a lot of um, mindfulness based stress reduction courses. Um, and I also train school teachers and yoga teachers who want to bring the benefits of yoga and mindfulness to kids of all ages from nursery age right through into teens. So it's quite a big question that how do you um, introduce you know kids I mean if we talk about kind of teens more in this this um yeah, this definitely. talk um you know it's quite a, a big subject because I think a all the the teens will be different in what their interests are but a lot of the research um has shown that the best way for parents or caregivers or teachers to to bring mindfulness to young people is by modeling it themselves um, I think this is even more true with the younger ones who are tuning into the nervous system of whoever the adult that, that, that they're with. Um, but I think, you know, if you can embody it a little bit and model it yourself, then that's, you know, you can't really just kind of go and do your mindfulness. You know, it's, it's, it's yeah, kind yeah. of... So it's almost leading by example, Exactly, I guess, exactly. And, and your responses. And um, I think quite often, and I think this is particularly true in, 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 in less professional settings, more in family settings, um, with our kids, with each individual child we have, we, have, we tend to develop patterns of behaviour. And I think mindfulness, if the adult becomes skilled in mindfulness, um, that's a way that they can change the outcome you don't go into the same patterns in your um, behavior quite often with our um, communications you said this and I say this that there's a kind of dance that we often automatically go into when we're a bit stressed so if we've got mindfulness we can maybe just take a bit of a step back and think ah maybe let's try something a bit different here it it gives you that moment to be a little bit more creative so I would say that was the number one thing to to kind of give yourself a bit of a break and see um what what it does for you and I think when you kind of have experienced the benefits for yourself you're much more likely to be kind of keen to to give that to your children and and I think for teachers um I think there's been research done in the states and I can give you some some details on that later John about teachers that practice mindfulness have calmer classrooms even if they're not actually bringing it into the classroom so I think that's a calmer a calmer teacher almost enhances karma kids exactly or... exactly a karma classroom <laughs> i mean that's just uh i think yeah. that's a real selling point in itself um yeah definitely. yeah and i think um you know i think there's lots of 
of ways um, that you can bring it to kids without it being too kind of heavy or um, too weird. I think, you, you know, I think for kids, a lot of them now have this lot of apps now that, that um, offer um, meditation for kids. But I think if you can give them a way that they can use it in particular situations that they're in um, and then they they can see its benefit and begin to use it I think for for um, teens they're quite aware of stress so I think if you can give them tools that they can use in stressful situations and um, as a yoga so you're so you recommend so you recommend applications or downloads on phones and, stuff like that and I think there's all that but I think you know if they're an exam they can't download an app so so say for example if you're you've got an exam coming up nobody nobody seems to have exams coming up now because of the yeah I was going to say <laughs> situation we're in. but I think but, it's um if you can give them something they can use at any time and I think one of the things one of my favorites and, and it's actually a, a yoga mudra but I know they use it in management training schools and it's um, basically what you do is you bring the tips of the thumbs and fingers of both hands together so you're making a kind of helmet shape you know a sort of semicircle, um, and you press the fingertips together and you can do that with your breath or even without your breath. But it, it's the nerve endings um, in the fingertips. It kind of settles the nervous system down a little bit. And it also brings together both sides of the brain. So with, with children, it's actually called Hakini Mudra. But with children, um, I would call it, or young people, I would call it concentrating hands. And even just doing that can be very good at, at gathering your attention your awareness in it gives you another focus rather than so it's quite a simple technique very simple yeah, i've actually did that in my um in my hypnotherapy training i actually we did that it was like an anchor uh absolutely so you would you would you would almost do um get yourself in a fairly relaxed state and then and then do it and then whenever you do that in another scenario maybe a stressful scenario it would make you feel relaxed um exactly and, and you can add in yeah. the breath you can you know as you breathe in you can press the fingertips together and as you breathe out you can slightly keep the fingertips touching but just release the hands a little bit um, and i think what okay. you said there is is absolutely key i think um you know in mindfulness practice we're actually learning skills and i think if you can present it to teens in this way this is going to be useful for you this will help yeah, you def- yeah definitely yeah and, I, and this is what I think it is. I think it's actually t- telling them it's a skill. It's not a um, something that you're just born with. And, and what this is what uh, Dr. Bear was saying mm. is that your your brain to do it. You need to do this more. The more often you do it, the easier it gets. So the first time you do it is going to feel a bit strange because you're going to be thinking your brain's going to be thinking, well, what am I doing? But what, the more you do it, the easier it should get. And actually, it should actually help more. Am I right in saying that? Um, I think that's very interesting. I think. Um, yeah. I've been on a kind of um, home retreat this week and a teacher of, of with 50 years practice was saying, you know, sometimes you go into the meditation hall, you know, he's a really respected world teacher. And he said, you know, your mind's just racing around. But you think, oh, well, yeah. it's one of those days. He said, you know, you do make onward progress, but it's it's there's lots of kind of dips you know peaks and troughs so I think that's quite important to remember and I do think you have to keep at it I think it's something that that kind of disappears if you don't use it yeah so it's so it almost leads you going to a skill if you don't do it and you have good days and bad exactly I think your mind sometimes is just you're thinking oh I'm not doing very well today yesterday was so great and it's your relationship with with that and I think that's maybe quite an adult thing but it's your relationship 
to what's happening rather than saying, great, I'm sitting, I'm doing my best, I'm sitting in my meditation, rather than thinking, this meditation's not working, I'm not doing it properly. And I think that's one of the keys. It's, it's not the fact that meditation's not working, it's, it's how you relate to that, that that can be a helpful thing yeah, for you. And it's acceptance, I guess. It, it's, absolutely. It's a non, non-judgment acceptance Ab- absolutely. Of, of just having that thought. Um, and really key now, I guess, is, is there any uh, a tip that you can give to teenagers or parents in this current crisis that we're in, obviously stress levels, anxiety levels. I guess you've been quite busy yeah, a bit. <laughs> with some of your clients. A bit, yes. um, um, could you just tell us a bit about that and maybe what you've been offering to people in this time? Well, I think you know it's, it's the kind of the basic which you've probably been talking to um, with your other guests um, and, and colleagues. You know, just that kind of looking after yourself properly is 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 a, a backdrop, and and I think mindfulness can help in that. You know, it's it's rather than you know sitting in front of the computer all day um playing games you know it's it's balance it's finding balance and i think when you introduce a, a mindfulness practice it can help you to observe your behavior and and work out what's helpful what's not i mean that that maybe sounds like a bit of um another burden for parents um in terms of having to monitor more screen time but i think that's if you can get teens to be responsible for their own well-being during this time as a family um, and and actually one thing I think that seems to have been quite successful is um, around food I mean you know unless there's any specific issues around food but in, in a family but I think if you can involve the teenagers um, young people in cooking preparing and taking a bit of time maybe within the meal to just have a little bit of silence eat in silence and really experience the food absolutely mindful eating and just just it doesn't need to be the whole meal but just for a minute and then talking about how that is and and it's quite fun and you could introduce a kind of treat food with that that's cool i like that yeah that's i like that idea because that's um that's something quite easy to do as mm-hmm. well, isn't it? It's like a good introduction, I guess, for somebody who's never done mindfulness is to, while you're sitting down, to to focus on actually what you're what you're tasting. Um, that's really really interesting. Okay, um, that's really really helpful. So your top. So just just to recap, then, um, there's some really really interesting. But obviously, the key one which you started off with is, if you're a parent um, or a teacher, a teacher with parents, is to actually do it yourself um, and have a have a go self as a first off um and then sort of maybe some physical things like the the hand uh the finger in the finger in the thumb and some and maybe some uh mindful eating uh as well so those 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 all sound really really good things is there anything else you'd like to add i mean that for our listeners um teenagers in this in this time of sort of looking forward i mean one of the things i think we're trying to focus on in my family anyway and what I try and think of is because of the uncertainty it's just going day by day which is a fairly mindful way of trying to live anyway I guess is not thinking too far in advance is that something that oh completely but I think that's quite a challenge isn't it I think that's where mindfulness can help and I think um one other I'd give one other tip because I think you can't really talk about mindfulness without mentioning the breath it doesn't need to be just the breath but I think three five breathing breathing in for three breathing out for five um it's a slight manipulation or a suggestion of a manipulation of the breath but it does help to extend the out breath which can be relaxing so um you know just actually asking kids and young people and adults too breathing in for three breathing out for five 
um, and let the breath lead the count. So, I mean, that's another one that I think is really, really helpful um, just in terms of settling. Um, yeah, focusing on uh, breathing. I mean, there is obviously lots and lots of mindfulness techniques out there, breathing techniques and things. Um, I believe, I think you've got some stuff on your website. Um, we're going to have some stuff on our website. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so the listeners hopefully will be able to have a, have a have a go on some of that stuff and there'll be a blog um on this with all the details of this so you don't need to be if anybody's listening to this and noting stuff down uh these tips will be all on our website um so yeah thanks uh christiane really really appreciate your help it's a pleasure and, my pleasure yeah, potentially moving forward uh hopefully when we get out of this crisis when we do we're going to do some more podcasts on mindfulness we'll get you back on if that's okay great okay thanks john bye cheers thanks bye For more help and advice from Life on Time, please visit our website www.lifeontime.co.uk. There's lots of helpful hints and tips on how to nurture your students' well-being, so please take a look. <laughs>